You got it? You got it? Yeah, I got it. Stretch my hands to you. Life like this is AKA Action Jackson. AKA Era A Apparel. Listen, my dog. Hey, Juno, hit him. Hey, crank, crank. All right, L. Man, you broke Mike Vick's rushing record, man. You the AFC North champions for the second year in a row. How I feel, man? Tell me how I feel, L. Freaky. Oh, I mean, it feel good, but you know, we got a lot of season left to play. And we got, we got two more um, banners to hang up. So you're telling me the story unwritten. Unwritten right now. Book unfinished. Right. Congratulations, brother, on breaking Mike Vick's record and being the GOAT, the MVP that you are. And we're back for another edition of the Big Red Louie podcast. Um, a little bit more of a somber edition than we've had the last few weeks. You know, with basketball, you would think so, but there's been a lot of good stuff today. Devontae Parker, shout out to him. $40 million richer than I am. Women's volleyball team? Yeah. Well, I, Congratulations. I have a men's volleyball team. We okay. should, though, and I should play. Yeah, shame on me for for saying women's volleyball team. Yeah, no, it's just the volleyball team. Like be, that'd be like saying women's softball team. Right. Doesn't but matter. Shout, they dominated. Shout out to them beating Texas. Best, going to the Elite Eight. Already going to be the best finish in school history. Uh. Louisville's officially the best at every everything. Not the best, but Louisville's officially good at. Louisville's everything. yeah at the top of the like great and good line every year in just about every single sport. I'm pretty sure. I'm gonna you know what that out. means. A great and good line, like in between the mean? great teams and the good teams, they live right in the middle of that. Yeah, yeah. They, because they're always in every sport. It seems like they're borderline great. They're a lot of their teams are great, but the majority of their teams are in that great to good category. They're like, you know, they're not great yet, but they're not they're not just like an average good team. They're somewhere in between, if that makes sense. Pretty much, kind of like me as a podcaster here, as I'm trying to figure out. Well, yeah. What are you doing? Can you hear me? Yeah, I can hear you just fine. I can hear you from the second we started. I told you that. I can never hear me. No, well. It's fine. Anyway, shout out to the volleyball team. Shout out to Devontae Parker. Shout out to Lamar Jackson. Shout out to Lamar, who uh, brought us in. That is the best sound ever. Ever. Best sound ever. I love that. El Freaky is what I'm going to start calling myself. Because my last name's Lane, so El Freaky. (laughs) It flows. P-Dog and El Freaky on the one (laughs) That's the, that's the name of the podcast from now on. Right, the P Dog and L Freaky Pod. What would we call Alex if he was here? L A uh, Dog. Little Stanky. A Dog is what he'd little, be. Little Stangy. Yeah. <laughs> little Stang. All right. So in 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 uh, honor of the volleyball team advancing, um, I decided to quiz you okay. to open the show. I just pulled up basic volleyball rules and terminology. Okay. So this is gonna, we're going to inform everybody here because sure. everybody, obviously, within the next five years, just like with the soccer team, all of a sudden we're all going to be wearing – I don't know what, what do volleyball fans wear. Uniforms, like the, jerseys, yeah. or, or T-shirts. I don't know. So I mean, the, the jerseys that they wear are pretty cool. Like, pretty I'd sick. wear one. I mean, I wouldn't wear, like, a you know, a small, tight-fitting one, but I'd I'm wear – yeah. No, heck no. But I'd wear <laughs> it, like, baggy and, like, you know, kind of like a baseball jersey. Yeah. Yeah. So, um, volleyball – basic volleyball rules. Okay. Let's go. Um, how many players are on the court at one time? Nine. No. What? Are you serious? Wait, are you talking about one team or total? One team. That would still be wrong. And why? Don't you have three in the middle, or is that only pool volleyball? I guess. I'm see. I'm only playing the pool volleyball of sorts. I tried singing volleyball and I wasn't very good. I honestly almost said like floor volleyball. Is it not indoor. nine? Is it eleven? No. No. Too way too high. How many? Six. 
Six? See, I I feel like I I knew there this. was only six players on each team when the mm-hmm. game we were just watching. That's mm-hmm. that's wild. I did not know that. Six players. I thought there was three levels of rotations that you go through. You got your front, your middle, and your back. Nope. Interesting. That I, makes it even more impressive because I, sometimes when I watch volleyball, I'm like, how the hell did they get from like being on the floor and being discombobulated to just going back on the other side and smacking the ball over and lobbying it to the other team? So tell me if this is an insult. So there's a player on every team who is like the designated like server yeah i don't know what they i don't know what the term is normally they have like two of them like one on the bench one on the floor yeah i assume only one person kind of like their point guard it's yeah or kind of like their goalie like they just wear a different colored jersey but i went on a date with this girl one time and taylor don't be jealous don't be jealous taylor because a- after this she'll understand why i can tell this story so i was on a i was on a date with this girl and I was like, so what, like, you know, what did you do in college or, you know, whatever she said, I played volleyball. Yeah. I was like, let me guess. You were the girl with a different colored shirt. She's like, yeah, but why do you say that? And I was like, cause you're like five foot one. I was like, most volleyball players are like six yeah. million. Uh, yeah. Mo- yeah. There's definitely six million feet tall. Now they're, they're like <laughs> at least like five, seven, five, eight. Like my wife looks like people often ask her if she's a volleyball player. No, they don't. I don't know why I just said that. That's a lie. Nobody's ever asked her that, but she looks like one. I mean, I- <laughs> I don't know where, where that came from because I don't think any, spit I don't think anybody's ever asked her that. But she looks like she could be a volleyball player, I guess. She's Honestly, like five seven. She's tall. She's you know she's pretty no, like, fit. Like volleyball I mean, players are taller than I. Though. Like, I'm talking. Yeah, like, she'd be on the shorter side, but yeah, yeah. Volleyball players are often like well over six feet, like basketball player size. Yeah, I'd say some, not all, not all. Hmm, I don't know. We should look that up. What's the average Olympic volleyball? We're getting way too into this. Yeah, okay, keep going. We, that's one question. Let's go. So I got that wrong. Go to question number two. What part of your body are you allowed to use to hit the ball? Uh, your your forearms, I guess. But I don't know what they would classify it as. You you know, you cross your your thumbs over and you use your little fist as a bump. Uh, so I'm going to say your hands. You're getting too technical with it. Your fingers? You can use any part of your body. You can kick okay. the ball. Okay, okay, cool. If that- you want. By the way, have you seen, side note, addendum, have you seen the world football, foot volleyball, championships before Mm-mm. if not you should take some time and look it up because okay. it's freaking awesome yeah they play volleyball with only their feet that's impressive that's Anyways, soccer is what that is but that sure let's go next one how far away or within what distance do you have to be to attack the ball next i have no idea ten, next you within within you, 10 feet you wouldn't have known that that's that's one that's the first one i, I did yeah not all right that's why i said next that's stupid i don't know that <laughs> How many how in the first uh, how many sets are there? Three. Five. Five. Okay. Okay. They play best two three. Okay. So in, in theory they could only they could only play three. Um okay, so after that, um how um how many points do they play to in the first four sets? Twenty one. 25. 25? Yes, yeah, so they, right. they played a 25. This is not going well for and me. And in the final set, yep. they only played a 15. Okay, so never to 21. And I'm not sure... Do so why know? do people in the pool and in the sand play to 21? Because that's the common number. That's because, the only number I've ever known. Because I think you just get too tired. I think that's what it is. Can you serve the ball underhanded? That's another good question. I can, actually. No, I'm saying, like, uh, are you are you allowed to? Yeah, or overhanded. I think that's correct. I, I'm not seeing any differentiation on that one in the rules here. Um, what happens if you inadvertently touch the net? Dwight Schrute yells at you. Exactly. And that, that would be a point to your team. Right. See, she touched the net. She touched the net. 
Remember that in the company picnic yeah. episode? Of course I do. What do you think? I'm crazy? Yeah, does Ruben say that. from Crazy Town? Yeah. <laughs> Come on. Unbelievable. <laughs> David Wallace is still pissed off about that point. You know one of my favorite things? It makes me think about it when Phyllis is laying on the ground because she says she doesn't want to run anymore when they're playing volleyball. But in the Christmas episode, this is applicable to this time of the year, when they're trying to get the Christmas photo, and she says she's jumping, and Dwight says, let me see it. And she jumps, and she doesn't even come off the ground, but her like, legs move. <laughs> She's He's like, what like, kind of camera do you think we're working with here, Phyllis? <laughs> this is an iPhone 11? Yeah. <laughs> what if he actually said that? What if he's like, this is an iPhone 22? All right, so this is a little Anyways. off topic, but I'm going to interrupt your volleyball uh, quiz because okay. I think there's more no, pressing. I, I think that's, that's there, I think there's more pressing news. I don't want to spend a lot of time talking about this. Yeah, a little bit of breaking news. But one of the things I don't think that a lot of Louisville fans were aware of earlier today uh, when the news of Chubba Purdy visiting Florida State came out and really kind of started to make its way around social media, which if you're listening, you should check out the article that we wrote on BigRedLouis.com. But I, people were like, why is he visiting down there? Like, signing day is on Wednesday. Why is he visiting? Why is he visiting? But I think a lot of the times people kind of lose focus of, of you know, just getting caught up in the moment of Twitter and social media and all that. And one of the things we overlooked, I think, and I definitely overlooked this, Florida State had two other guys visiting. He was one of three quarterbacks on campus. One of the three guys has committed. Tate Roadmaker will be their quarterback in the 2019 class. Chubba Purdy unlikely, I would say, to commit to Florida State at this point. So Louisville fans yeah. can breathe Woo. a sigh of relief. Hey, Next year, look, somebody said this on Twitter, and I don't know who it is. I'd love to give them credit, but I can't get it out of my head. Okay. When Chubba throws a touchdown to Tutu Atwell, Chubba Chubba Tutu, I think that's the most amazing <laughs> thing ever that I've ever heard in my entire life. Anybody under the age of 20 who's listening really just tuned out. Yeah, right. But Chubba Chubba, Chubba, Chubba Tutu. Tutu, right. It's perfect. Like It's literally the most perfect thing ever. But back to our conversation. Okay. Continue on. Let's no, do one more question. One more question. I, I don't have any more questions. Oh, no, that was I it? ran out of questions. Okay. Um, but what are the positions? Tell me some some volleyball positions. Oh, Striker know. is that a, is that a volleyball position? Let's make up the six volleyball positions. Okay, and then we can look it up and figure. All it right, out. so you're gonna have a left striker. That's okay. gonna be your first your first row. They're gonna be like the spike person. Uh, the middle fielder is what I'm gonna call the middle person in the front row. The middle fielder. And then you're gonna have your right striker. Okay. And then in the middle of the back, you're gonna have your back fielder. Yeah, uh, in the left. What do we call them? Your left, uh, your left flank, mm -hmm. and on the on the back side, your right flank. So so you've got left like, left striker, like yeah, left striker, middle fielder, right striker, left flank. I don't remember what the back <laughs> one was. Uh, backfield backfielder, and your right flank. And that's your volleyball so, position. I, I just want to make sure I get this correctly. Sure. Um. All right, so here are the positions. You weren't that far off. You kind of were a little bit. So tell me what they are. Hold on. I'm going back. I'm sorry. I was looking through some pictures of... All right, so the outside hitter, also called the wing spiker, is on the left side. The right side hitter, the wing spiker right side. The wing spiker? Yeah, but it's just called the the outside or the right side. And what so did I call it? The side. left striker? Yeah, that's not... Oh, I was really yeah. close. Yeah, you're pretty good. Um, the opposite hitter, which is like the attacker. So is that what they call it, or is it an opposite hitter? It, it, in parentheses, it says attacker, so I, I would assume you can do either. Then you have the setter. That's the person who is kind of in the middle. Yeah. They're always just... The setter's important. That's like the most important person. Like yeah. Any 
tall athletic person can learn to it's kind of like it's kind of like any like really big dude can learn how to just hit a dinger yeah hit a home run like big al yeah my name is big al i hit dingers <laughs> <laughs> but the setter is hard because you get the the setter puts it in the perfect position for the right whap it right they gotta whap it and then okay so your middle blocker the, the middle which blocker. i went middle fielder so i was not far off there very oh, close so you looked it up so the last yeah. one that i was trying to think of libero Libero. Libero. What so does that, that was, mean? That was that chick that didn't go on a second date with me because she was probably oh, that. Yeah, she was not. She wasn't very fond of you because you couldn't pronounce that name. I right. don't. I don't Libero. think that's what it was. I just Libero. Think that I just. Did you say Libero? Liberio. Hey man, are you on them Liberios? <laughs> and then I've got defensive specialist here. How bad would that suck to go from being? Uh, what position do you play, Holly? I'm outside hitter. What about you, Tori? I'm defensive specialist. Why are you using such stereotypical volleyball player names? I'm not. I just literally <laughs> picked. I just picked two names. Holly and Tori. Tori. I mean, there's got to be. I bet you there's been a girl named Holly and a girl named Tori that's oh. been on the UVL roster in the last five years. Both. I'm not actually. I don't know what I would. We're gonna find at. a roster somewhere across the. Here we go. Hold on. I think I found one. I think this is actually pretty quick. South Carolina women's volleyball has a player on their team named Tori. I don't, I don't, can't get my computer to load. But they've got a Tori and a Holly. So shout out to South Carolina volleyball. You're that was not, pretty quick. Yeah. So let's move on. Enough volleyball. Let's talk about Lamar. Let's talk about Lamar Jackson. Did you just rewind your. Words? I did. I did because that's that unbelievable. I'm not sure what happened there. Like I think my tongue got <laughs> stuck, and then the word just kind of leaked out around the rest of it. But last night was um, one of the most special performances that I, I've seen in the NFL. Now, I get it. It is the Jets. The Jets suck. They didn't have uh, Jamal Adams. They're terrible. I get it. But Lamar, he already had the MVP trophy wrapped wrapped up before last night. Like, I didn't need to see. He could have sat last night. We would have been fine. He would have been sitting at the top of that My just like. Team would, would not have been your fantasy team would not have been fine. Lamar Jackson won a lot of people money last night. Because oh, yeah, like least, me, yeah. I, I've got I've got Mark Andrews and I've got Marquise Brown, so I need mm. I need Lamar to manufacture long throws down the field or touchdowns to them. Neither one of them have caught a touchdown in the same week, and I couldn't tell you how long. Like I know that's a stat because I've had them both the entire it season. Night, it happened last night in a game where I I, I told the the guys this in the group chat. The way that my one of my fantasy league worked, one of my big payout leagues, is you have twelve teams, eight teams make the playoffs. The top seven seeds get in one through seven, and then the eighth seed is the highest scoring team remaining out of the remaining five teams. Were so you really I was in the bottom five. I was in the bottom five. I was like uh, four and four and nine. Forget the Jackson five. We got the Jacob. Five. Yeah, the Jacob five, four and nine, and I've won two playoff games or one playoff game. And I'm in the semifinals, and because of those performances last night, I am now favored to win that game and move into this. Which my thing is, I just want to get to the championship game because then I'm guaranteed runner-up money, like on a lost season. That sounds amazing. That's a win. So shout out Lamar Jackson last book. night, and shout out Mark Ingram, who has quickly become, I think, like the the new adopted child of Louisville football because of how much he like. There's nobody on earth, I don't think, that's not a Louisville fan that loves Lamar Jackson like Louisville fans, but Mark right. Ingram might. He he might love Lamar Jackson yeah, as much as I we mean, do. Like I think he might have a burner account that we don't know about where he's going and he's tweeting at Doug Gottlieb <laughs> and Clay Travis. You don't know. You have no idea. You don't understand. Like you know what I'm saying. Like trying to defend trying did to defend you, Lamar. By chance, listen to the Lamar Jackson mic'd up from last night. No, I didn't. But I did see the video of the dude steal his hat 
And yes. then the fan being like, hey, man, give that back. And Lamar's like, hey, man, give me that back. And yeah. then he finally gets his hat back and he daps <laughs> him up. I'm like, That's just, amazing. I feel like he's just like completely blossomed into just this like really nice dude. Like not that he wasn't ever a nice dude, but he was just so shy when he got to UofL. Like I think that was part of why a lot of teams didn't recruit him too. And why, like, he never, like, really tried to put his name out there too much. He, he's always been one of those guys just, like, my tape will show what I can do. Yeah. I'm going to get it done on the field. Like, you know, and, and, and he ne- he never, you know, somebody was just talking today. I, I, again, wish that I could credit this person, but I cannot re- remember and I don't have written down. But um, talking about how Lamar Jackson has accepted zero endorsements. Yeah. He doesn't want to do, like, commercial. I mean, he's got his own clothing line that he's. Right. You know, kind of making money off of, I would imagine. But you know, he said no to the Heisman house. I mean, look at just, look at Baker Mayfield and Patrick Mahomes. They are racking in the money because quarterbacks mm-hmm. are marketable this day and age. And he is saying no. But Lamar Jackson, if it, he's already building such a reputation that even if, say, in four years he just you know gets hurt or something or retires or you know just decides it's his time to go, like he's going to already be so revered. That like he'll be able to do stuff after the fact. Yeah, like, but I think I could totally see a scenario where Lamar Jackson one day when he's retired and he's gone, like just being recluse and you never hearing about him again. Like you know what I'm saying? Like <laughs> yeah, he's yeah. such a like he's not an attention seeking guy. He's not a, like a diva. He doesn't seem like he's interested in becoming an entertainer or like dabbling it's, in different things. Like he he seems to me, and I don't know him. Uh, I've never met him. I know people who do know him, but he seems to me to be just a regular guy who is really, really good at football. Mm-hmm. Like he has all the star power you would ever imagine, and he's got the charisma and the personality that you'd want in like a, you know, an endorser for your brand. But like, I can't see him ever in a commercial that's not like the perfect brand for him. Like, I just can't see right. him endorsing like products and stuff like that. So kudos to him, though, and it's. I mean, he's just unreal what he does on the field. Just absolutely unreal. So, to me, this begs the next question. What is it going to take for, for people to – I understand that the majority of people respect him now, but what's it going to take for these last few stragglers? Like, Well, I think the majority of the people who are like the big media talking heads, if you want to even call them big, but the people who are continuing to hang on to the these – these opinions that they gave four years ago and now like they just can't backtrack because it's it's views it's clicks it's listen yeah. i don't think majority of them think that i really don't um but honestly i think that there's always going to be some sort of opposition to lamar jackson just like there's always been with cam newton like there's just always been something about I mean, cam newton that takes people off right that don't know him and like it's not that like things are like they're like you know his mother is not a very nice lady like saying mean things but right. it's just always constant digs and jabs mm-hmm. and Every little thing is over scrutinized, and every every wrong pass, and everything that he does with the media, like there's going to be a time where Lamar Jackson has his Cam Newton moment, where he's on a big stage, and or maybe not, I don't know. But he, you know, if you remember Cam Newton after the Super Bowl against the Broncos, how he handled it like a you know like a sourpuss, he wasn't very happy, right. left in the middle of the press conference, and he got right. ripped for that for years. He still takes a lot of like slack for what he does with the media, and no matter people will tell you he's like the nicest guy in the world, right. I think it's going to be like that for Lamar Jackson. Like Probably. I think Lamar Jackson is the new Cam Newton in terms of scrutiny. It, it, it's just a popular take. He's so easy to, to just have an opinion of. Right. And if you dislike him, you're going to stand out and you're going to get tweets and you're going to get shares because you're saying something that's not, oh, my God, Lamar Jackson is right. the best player in the NFL. Right. And it's like, like one of the uh, broadcasters said. It was a former player who said, Lamar's one of one. 
Like, there's not, like, it's, for you to go out and compare him to Michael Vick, compare him to Cam Newton, or Colin Kaepernick, or any of these guys who have been known as quote-unquote running quarterbacks, which we'll get to in a second, that he's not necessarily a running quarterback. He is, though. He is, and well, that's okay. But... That's the thing. I'm just like... We'll, we'll get, we'll get yeah, to we'll, it. Yeah, we'll talk about it, but, but you're, you're but right. You're right. The, the whole the whole comparisons to Cam Newton cracked me up, like... What if he becomes Cam Newton? Like, there's nothing wrong with that. Well, like, it's it's not that he's going to become, like, the same type of player. They're completely different players in the way that Cam Newton see, just wants to bulldoze people because he's 6'5", 260, or whatever he is. Like, he's, like, the size of a linebacker. I think I think that Doug Gottlieb's quote, though, um, when he was kind of hitting on, on Lamar after the fact, I think that was this morning, um, he basically said something along the lines of, if you choose... Lamar Jackson over Sam Darnold, then you're just choosing to not have longevity. Like, you're playing for the now. Yeah. And he said, if you're choosing Lamar Jackson, then that means you're basically choosing a Cam Newton-type player. But right. that's a laughable thing, because Cam Newton, the Panthers have been better than they ever were before he was there. Right. Well, they went to the Super Bowl. You remember they went to the Super Bowl back in, like, 2004, 2003 with Jake DeLome and Steve Smith. Right. And, they were, and then after that, they were irrelevant trash. for seven yeah. years. Yeah. And then they drafted Cam Newton, who has a lot of similarities. Won the Heisman, you know, went number – well, I shouldn't say went number one overall, but went first pick, or first, first round. First round, yeah. You know, came in with, you know, well, he's a running quarterback. He can't thrive in the league. And then, you know, quickly kind of turned the narrative on him. And then with Cam, it just became Cam is so different. Like, they became to attack his personality, his style of clothing that he chose to wear. He right. was called selfish because he, you know, ripped open his jersey and did the Superman thing. He was always celebrating – Right. Like he was like seemed just like the perfect teammate that you would want, and it, eventually that kind of soured with the media for some reason. Mm -hmm. I think to an extent, at some point, that's going to happen with Lamar Jackson too. Like I think, like I I just think that, and I hate to say this, right. I don't say this to be like I just think that that the national perception of the, of black quarterbacks and is like we're still not at that point yet where why they're so, not treated the, the in terms of just the 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 critiquing and the right. overall perception of a black quarterback. There's always just more digging and prodding and poking than there is with, say, an Aaron Rodgers. So say there is I've, with a – just a, you know. Right. I've been thinking about this extensively, and my question to that would be then, what's up with Russell Wilson and, to an extent, now Patrick Mahomes? Like, do you think that that's – they're kind of leading the narrative a little bit more? Is it because they're more personality forward and they're, you know, more like, quote-unquote, professional – Right, you know, like they're more like a what a typical like Tom Brady or right or Peyton Manning would be like. I mean, they're they're really that, not though. I it, it's I don't know what it is to be honest with you because that's a good that's a good question. I mean, there's plenty of quarterbacks who are doing what Lamar. Look, I, it, the fact with Lamar is he came in as a player who half of the people were split on. Yeah, he won the Heisman, he was great, but he can't throw the football. And you have half saying, yeah, but this kid, or not even half, a small amount. This kid is special. There's something about him. He's mm -hmm. smart. He loves football. Um, and it just became a, an easy topic to make. Just right. cr he was a Heisman Trophy winner. Mm -hmm. Just became easy to make wild, ac not accusations, but wild takes, and it's continued mm -hmm. on. And now most people are like, I mean, you, you you talk about like with Woody Page today saying it's the greatest football he's ever seen in his life. I right. Mike, I, I don't. <laughs> I mean, but listen, it's hard to it's hard I don't, to, yeah, I don't, it's hard to deny that. I think that you can make a lot of arguments for a lot of different players, obviously. But right now, at this very moment, there's nobody that has had a better and more unique season 
than than Jackson has. No, no, you're totally when's, right. When's the last time that somebody sat out four fourth quarters in a season? Well, it's like 2016 at Louisville. I mean, he literally was out for the first half of the season every fourth quarter. I'm honestly shocked. I'm, I'm happy for my fantasy team, obviously, but I'm shocked that they keep him in for that last final like gut punch touchdown. Almost almost every game, they like they let him play like just like one or you know two three four snaps into yeah. the fourth quarter and just score one more touchdown just to kind of like pile it on before they bench him. Yeah, there, so there's a good stat on Twitter, and, and shout out to Married Online Man at Not Mad Online 24-7. That's an interesting Twitter <laughs> handle. But shout out to, the, to this person because there's the a lot of good stats, a lot of good stats. But he, he tweeted out earlier, he or she, I'm going to assume in he because it's man in here, but Lamar currently leads the league with 33 passing TDs on only 370 passing attempts. He's not even top 20 in passing attempts, like not even top 20 in attempts. It's a lot like Mikael Cunningham, and I think that right. I want to talk about this a little bit later. Right. Because I think that there is the potential there for Mikael Cunningham that – now, again, I, we'll talk about this a little bit later. But like when I look at his numbers and I see the stat that I saw today, the low number of passing attempts to that high of production is unreal. It's just You can raise that attempts up and mm-hmm. stay as efficient as you are with the low amount. It's unreal the potential that you can uncover. But Lamar Jackson, 33 passing attempts or touchdowns on 370 passing attempts. No one in the NFL has thrown for 30 plus TDs on 400 or less passing attempts since Joe Montana in 1987. It's crazy. So think about this. To add on to that, Lamar has. You know how many to- total touchdowns he has this season? So you just said he has 33 passing. Yeah, but he's probably got another which 15 which leads, rushing which or 12 rushing. NFL, so his 33 lead the NFL right now by five. Obviously, he's played one more game than than almost everybody else. Right, right. Um, he has forty total. He so he has thirty three passing, seven rushing. Which it, you could argue that it could be well over seven more rushing. I think it's mm-hmm. more of a more of a. He's only got like, six interceptions too. That's wild, man. I feel like Lamar fumble. Jackson used to just throw pick after pick early mm-hmm. on in his career. He did. He, he was did. a pick machine. Even late in his career, he was a pick machine. He threw a lot of interceptions. He was not, much, not, not, He had a lot of Jameis Winston. Yes. Yeah. Oh his yeah, 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 yeah. Because I remember, like, early on in the Auburn game, is a great example of when Lamar would just sling the football with like no intent on actually He's getting like, it oh, to who it was going through. That guy could possibly catch it. He's like, oh yeah, that guy's out there. <laughs> I'm just gonna throw it as hard as I can in that yeah. guy's direction. Right, and throw the ball either 15 yards over to the safety, just you know, yeah. just like waiting for the ball, or throw it 15 yards short with, like, to the no, corner, just chilling. Right, and no anticipation. Either. Yeah, like none. there's no there's nothing like okay that guy might break open there in a second I should hold it just another half second real fast or you right. know, put a little touch on it it's just like okay that guy's right there at the forty throw it now yeah and like, then it's like fifteen yards way over and yeah. you're like well damn Lamar why'd you gotta put so much flick on that <laughs> but but last night was a, it was a lot of fun watching it and for me it's you know fantasy football has kind of really taken over my rooting interest in the NFL. And so, like, rooting for Mark Andrews and, and Hollywood Brown to be on the field, like, late in the game when it's, like, 35-17, to 17, I'm like, all right, or 35-14, I'm like, all right, you guys, the Jets got to keep scoring. Like, they got to keep this offense out mm-hmm. here. But I was also super worried about an injury happening to Lamar because, like, I could totally see late in a meaningless game where he shouldn't even be in or you could question it like an injury happening. You know what's so crazy? I, but, I was really worried about that. So he took his first real hit of the entire season tonight or last night from James Burgess. I thought that was kind of And you know what's also really interesting about that is the first carry of the game for RG3, he got absolutely lit up. And yep. they talked about early in the game, or maybe maybe it was on a podcast or, or another broadcast this week. I think it was on like NFL Live or something, but I heard this week them talk about Robert Griffin the 3rd could have been special, but he did not know, he did not have an instinct or an understanding of how to avoid hits. Mm-hmm. And you saw it literally. He got 
like suplant it out of bounds. Like, so I think this is a perfect transition because we said we want to talk about Michaela Wright, and it, uh, so you have some stat that's going to blow my mind that that, that I want to hear. But Lu- Lucas Auerbach was on uh, from the Courier Journal was on a couple weeks ago w- with Mark Ennis. Yeah, and he said something along the lines of that. Um, Mikhail Cunningham is the anti Lamar Jackson when he's running the ball. Lamar just like knows how to. If there's a guy coming towards him, he's not only going to make him miss, he's going to make him look stupid if he tries to tackle you like a normal player. Cunningham just just runs like a running back who can just take a bunch of hits, like for whatever reason. And I think that's how a lot of other players get injured. Is that you see like like Cunningham has this crazy breakaway speed, but if there's one guy that that gets in front of him and and doesn't get kind of juked like if he doesn't make a miss he's gonna get hit hard yeah i felt like i always felt like he was not as great of a of a uh, east west player as he was north and south he's really yes. fast i feel like he has burners and he can really outrun players out on the edge and he, i can think of like the the eastern kentucky game is a perfect example of him just mm-hmm. burning people on the edge and yeah. that, that's not a great example because of the competition but he, he was never he's never been great at trying to get around people with jukes like that that's lamar is just unreal like the, the ability to be able to plant a foot and spin and be able to catch your balance and be able to shake another guy right. is just unreal well, and down to sideline too so you see a lot of these where he like really piles up his his rushing statistics is where he'll have like a just get on the edge and they'll just barely set the edge just enough that yeah. he can get a little crease and instead and he looks like he's going to go out behind the sticks right and then he'll just turn the corner and get four or five, six yards. One of the interesting like five, all the time, times all the time. Yeah. And the, what they do is they try to isolate one player to tackle him, and he's gonna win that battle nine out of ten times. Right. One guy is not stopping him because you see it—the mm-hmm. ability to stop, back up, juke left, juke right, spin. Right. I mean, one person trying. I mean, you see so many times people whiff on him, like just completely miss. Yep. Uh, but let's go back to Mikael Cunningham. Here's the stat. This okay. is this is what I woke up to this morning. I saw it uh, very early in the morning, and I, I was just amazed at this. There's been all kinds of stats. I feel like as he was doing things he was doing in the season, they they there was no stats to show like how much improvement he was making. Mm-hmm. And you know you you always saw like oh he went seven for thirteen like he only threw the ball thirteen times and he had four touchdowns and two hundred sixty five yards and you're like well. You know, your argument could be, well, you know, he just made one big play down the field, whatever, right. blah, 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 right. whatever. But there was never these stats of him being the most efficient quarterback, him having the most 70-yard right. touchdowns. So David Hale this morning tweeted out, this is what he wrote. He said, quarterbacks who had 20-plus passing touchdowns, had five or fewer interceptions, and averaged 10-plus yards per pass in the past decade. If you could name past decade. Did, okay. you, did you see this? Um, I don't think so. So okay. list, list them again. No, all right. So here's the here's the criteria okay, for right. his stat. Yeah, right, right. Twenty Absolutely. passing touchdowns. Okay. Five or fewer interceptions. Okay. And average ten plus yards per pass in the last decade. Ten plus yards per pass. Yeah, I I can imagine you might be able to guess one or two of these. You're not gonna guess all of them. Not even close. Um, I'm gonna guess uh Colt Brennan from Hawaii. No, but He's that's not, a no. Not on there. No, but right. he also didn't play in this decade though. He um, would he played in like 2004, yeah, okay. sorry, I'd sorry. say 2000. Six ish. Thinking millennium. Yeah, yeah, no, no. So decades. So back um, to 2010. I'm trying to think. And no, Lamar Jackson is not on this no, list. No, Lamar is definitely not on right. the list. God, I don't even know. Like, I, like everybody that I can think of is going back to the 2000s, the early 2000s. Th- just think of a couple Heisman winners, a couple guys who have been. Like, there's one that's recent, still playing. Prob- it could possibly be Tua. Tua is one. Tua's there you go. Tua is on that list. Tua Tagovailoa. Um, 
I'm gonna say uh da 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 da, da. not Jalen Hurts, is it? No, nope, but it's a Heisen winner. Uh, think think uh within the last five, six years. We're talking Marcus Mariota? We are talking Marcus okay. Mariota. Okay. And then you're not gonna guess there too, so I'm gonna give them to you. One of them is Russell Wilson. Really? I, I could have guessed that. And the other is Bryce Petty. Played at Baylor for a couple years. It was back before it was Art Bryles, back before everything kind of went down with that program. Mm-hmm. Look, man, I, I saw this today, and this really kind of changes my view on him. And to how much of it is the fact that you had Tutu Atwell, I don't know, because there's fast receivers everywhere. Tutu Atwell, is a, he's a great player. There's fast receivers all over right. the country. There's a, fat, there's a Tutu Atwell on every single team. You know, it might not be, it might not look like Tutu Atwell, but it might look like, you know, a completely different wide receiver. Seth Dawkins. It could look like Seth Dawkins, right? Depending on who your team is, it could look like that. Right. So this got me thinking this morning, and, and, you know, knowing that he didn't even qualify for QBR or passer efficiency ratings because he didn't throw the football enough this season. Mm -hmm. You bring back Javian Hawkins next season. Yep. You bring back, uh, you know, most of your starting offensive line. You bring back Des Fitzpatrick. You bring back Tutu Atwell. Why can we not talk about McCall Cunningham as a potential Heisman winner or a potential Heisman candidate, not winner? Yeah, candidate. I Let mean, me just say that. Right. He should. He could be in the running. Like I, I, I think it's. I, I my thing with him is I think that what we saw this year with him being able to hit deep passes accurately, mm-hmm. accurately. That's a thing. Which is it just blows my mind to think about because you remember what we talked about even going into probably the third game of the season. We're like, dude, this guy cannot throw the football. Right. What are we doing? Right. And then all and then of a sudden, all, the Florida State, the the second half of the Florida State game, he, he like, started lifting the top off of defenses, and then from there it was it was uh, Boston College, Wake Forest, Miami, NC State. Like there was multiple games. It was just like unreal how, it, and not even you know since it's been since Lamar, and really only in 2017, really. I mean 2016 to an extent, but like. The, the offense hasn't been able to pop off big plays down the field in the passing game like that, and I couldn't tell you how long. Right. You know, I, you saw it more in 2017 with Lamar Jackson than you did in 16. Right. Uh, I thought because he was a much better vertical passer as a as a junior than he was as a sophomore. Way better, way better. But before that, I mean, Brom. Yeah. Teddy. I mean, Teddy wasn't really a deep passer. No. Not at all. He Teddy was, wasn't uh, lifting the top off of defenses true. unless it was Devontae Parker catching a 25-yard pass. Making somebody miss. I was about to say that the I'm just trying to think the longest through the air pass that I can remember Teddy throwing. Probably one of those in the Sugar Bowl, perhaps late in the Cincinnati game, that crazy one to uh, Damian Copeland, but even that one was thirty yards. Right. You know, wouldn't... And so the you know, again, this is such a far fetched idea of him being a Heisman trophy candidate, but when you think about how much they run the football and uh, how many times in you know in in games he was either hurt and had to step off the field or he missed games like a full season for Mikael Cunningham could look completely different in terms of the statistical production. Agreed. And I think that it would it would take kind of retail you know kind of redoing the offense. You wouldn't run the football nearly as much. But uh, you know if Mikael Cunningham has 125 more attempts, we could be talking about a whole lot more yards, a whole lot more touchdowns. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's it's a it's, you know it's a, I'm just saying why can't it be a conversation based off of statistics like that I, I think that's wonder, just a mind-boggling statistic. I wonder how much um, the running backs next year will be utilized in the passing game. And, and that's one thing Scott Satterfield talked about. It I mean it felt like every press conference and they just never did it. I mean so, I don't think any of the I don't think any of Louisville's running backs caught more than 100 yards in passes. I don't nobody caught a touchdown. And the thing is is when you have small running backs you think you'd be pretty good at that. 
So we're gonna get in the bowl game breakdown more in the coming weeks before we yeah, get it's like seven to weeks the bowl until game. that freaking game. Feels like so long, but fifteen that's, that's fifteen days actually, right? Or no, yeah. seventeen days. Yeah. But that's kind of my whole point is that they're gonna have so much time to strategize, and I think that Satterfield and the staff are gonna go back and look at some of the tape and think yep. about just how much more of the playbook they could have opened up, but just so much of that stuff was just working. Yeah, the, like, the, the one thing I worry about with the quarterback position is, and it seems so far like maybe we've kind of made it through it. Most of the major hires have been had already, but you know, losing Frank Ponce would be a big blow to the next step of Mikhail Cunningham. I mean, I think that Frank Ponce has a lot to do with that. And the game that we worked, the Boston College game, you heard uh, you know Mikhail Cunningham talk about how instrumental Frank Ponce was in his development mm-hmm. and helping him to be able to see and, and read defenses. So, I mean, if you bring back Frank Ponce, you bring back your entire staff, you know, you obviously will probably lose Mackay back then. And then you'll, you'll, you know, you lose Tyler uh, Haycraft and Seth Dawkins. And there's some other weapons that you lose on offense, but you bring back your two anchor receivers and Dez and Tutu, and you, you have a, uh, I think, I think Javion Hawkins could win the ACC player of the year next year. Like, I think he's going to be in the yeah. competition with, with, it's going to be Trevor Lawrence's award to lose. Mm-hmm. But if, if um, ETN goes pro, the wide receivers at Clemson go pro like they expect. Right. AJ Dillon is gone. Cam Akers, you know, could be in contention as well. But like with the potential ACC Player of the Year at running back, your offense is just like even more loaded than it was in a year where you led the ACC in being the most f- efficient quarterback and had you know one of the better quarterback rankings and deep play. You know, st- one of the deep play statistical anomalies in years. Just I mean, yeah. unreal. I mean. Listen, I'm I am very after some of the recent stuff that's just gone on with Louisville in general, mm-hmm. I'm always very cautious about the way that I look at things going forward. Um obviously, you know, I, I foresee there being other games like the UK game. Like or or the Miami game. Like I, I think that it's I think probably that, starting with Mississippi State, you'd say? Yeah, potentially. But there's potential for that. Um Kylan like Kylan Hill, if you're listening just man, I know you declare for the draft. Just yeah. take it easy. You don't need to play. Just listen to your agent. Yeah, he's gonna probably tell you not to play. Yeah, we're gonna tell you not to play. Which is, would be totally fine. We would have much more fun in Nashville after the game if you didn't play. If yeah, you just didn't play. Right. We can go out. You can buy drinks since you're gonna be in the NFL. I was soon. gonna say we can legally buy you drinks now. That's totally fine. Yeah, and you could also buy us drinks because you're gonna make a lot of money. That's true. Just so on, let's just let's just take it card. easy. Yeah, yeah just take it fine. easy. You don't need to play. No, it's all good. But I'm sure they have a backup running back that's just as good. Yeah, well, we've clearly <laughs> seen in years past Mississippi State can trot out half of their staff and half of their team and still beat Louisville without much of a – We're not bitter at all. No. It's fine. We it's don't hate fine. Mississippi State. Not at all. I really want to beat them, though. Yeah, How I do, too. I, do, I, I definitely want to win a bowl game. It would be nice because it's felt like it's been – I mean, it's been since 2015, but it feels like it's been since 2001 since Louisville's won a bowl game. I mean, it really does. I mean, seriously. I know that's crazy, but... Wait, it was the last time they went to Nashville, right? Yeah. They've lost... Uh, since then, they lost to uh, LSU like so in 2017, the Citrus yeah. Bowl, and then they lost to... Um, they haven't played in a bowl game. The last time then. they played in a bowl game, I was still a student at U... Or the last time they won a bowl game, I was <clears throat> a student at UofL. I had just graduated. And I was... Yeah, I was just finishing up. Yep. I graduated in December of 2015. And they played that game. They played that game, like, the day of my graduation, the day after. Because I graduated like you go? no, but I graduated. I mean, I went to graduation. Uh, no, maybe I graduated like December fifteenth or something like that. But it was really close. 
Do you own your diploma, by the way? Like, do you actually have it? I do have it, yeah. I don't have mine. Yes, I have it. Uh, it's actually in a box in my garage because I don't have an office anymore. I used to have an office at one point. Yeah. And I hung it up on the wall, but now I don't have an office. See, I have a cube. Me, when me and Taylor move, we're going to have an office, and neither one of us have a diploma, so I, we're going to have to go down to campus and just demand they give us a diploma. Do you? Did you earn a diploma? Yeah. Oh, well then, yeah. You. It's like waiting. It's like waiting for you to pick it up. Why so didn't you, you ever like go I, to like student services? I, I feel like after like a you year. You bum. No, they shouldn't give it to you. They should make you go back and earn it again. Sir, you're that no longer exists. We're gonna need sixty thousand more dollars if you're gonna want. This oh, I could totally paper. see that. I could totally see that. I saw this thread on Twitter yesterday of people just posting how much debt they were in, and oh, how, long, yeah. how oh. long it's been since they graduated, and how much debt they're still in. And it, there was a ton of people that were like, "I graduated college in 2007. My debt was 123 thousand dollars. I'm at 126 thousand dollars. Yeah, it's like more." They actually have owe more than they because did when they interest. started. I mean, freak, man. Freak. I just got a notification that my payment went up. Just Maybe ugh. you'll get lucky one day and a president will get elected who will say, no more student debt. Student debt companies can go to hell. And you'll say, woo! So I swear there there are people out there that legitimately just are not paying their Because they think it's going to happen. Just think it's, just it's a wise happen. move. It's, I, I don't have the yeah. uh, the cojones to do that. I also I don't have say, student debt. I hope you're not buying a house Shout out, soon. humble brag yeah. to myself for not having a student loan. I couldn't imagine what happened to my line of credit. This this has gone way off off of yeah. the Kill Cunningham conversation. But Well, he's money. so Pay your student loans, people. Pay. <laughs> just pay, pay the minimum and just hold out. Yeah. Let's move on. Let's uh, let's quickly get into basketball because I think that's the topic that's on the top of everybody's minds outside of Chuba, Purdy, potentially decommitting, going to Florida State, which we now know is not happening because we broke a hair on your show. Boom. Yeah. But let's talk basketball because uh, Tuesday night was, I don't think, what anybody expected. Uh, you lose 70-57 to 57 against a team that had lost three in a row, didn't have their best player, and uh, Jamie's Ramsey, who we're all familiar with because we expected him to be on this team. At one point in the summer last year, yeah, and I expected him to play in this game too. So. He, and he did not play in this game, which so your bull prediction piece was gone Trash. within second. How did the other two do? I don't remember what they were. Oh, just absolute garbage. Yeah, like I said, uh, Louisville would win the game behind the three-point line, which they tried to do. So maybe half a point there. Yeah, and they went what two for sixteen or something. Uh, yeah, I mean they did not shoot the ball well by any means. Three for seventeen, seventeen percent from the field, thirty-four percent from the field overall. Their worst offensive performance. And here's the thing. Here's where the concern comes in. Uh, I said this last week when Alex and I sat here and, and and just absolutely were in disbelief that Louisville had beat Michigan, number four team in the country. I thought Michigan was going to be the number one team that day. And I told Alex, hey, let's play this game called Devil's Advocate. What can we walk away with tonight that makes you say, hmm? Yeah. I said, you know, Jordan Warren probably shooting 15 shots. Mm-hmm. Not great, I would say. He's not not very efficient. I think I'd like to see him take a lower number of shots, definitely a lower number of threes. And and that turns into being Texas Tech where Jordan goes 4 of 16 for 1 of 7. Here's, insert. Here's the thing. I understand that sometimes the numbers for Jordan Warren are not going to be pretty. And that's okay because when you have a guy who can score like him, let him shoot some shots, right? He's going to shoot what he shoots. Shoot your shot. Like a lot of the time, right, exactly, right. right. So a lot of the times, he's going to have bad nights. I don't think he'll have another night like this this season, though. But he's going to miss a stretch of shots, and a shot is going to go to Jordan at, with four minutes left to go when Louisville's down by five, and you're not going to say, no, Jordan, don't shoot that. 
Right. No, you're going to say, shoot Brian. that shot, yeah. Jordan. We want you to keep shooting whether you've shot 15 or 16 or 1 or 4. Like We want you to keep shooting if you have open looks. But I felt like on Tuesday night, it was all forced. Every bit of offense was manufactured. Uh, I, I don't want to say it's the NBA because I don't think that's fair to him. But there is this sense of I have to do everything with him all the time. Right. And, and it, it a lot of times it's just terrible shots. And, and I think a lot of the takes coming away from the game where Louisville needs to find somebody else besides Jordan Wara, I think that's more on Jordan Wara than it is on Louisville. Like, Dwayne, Sh- Dwayne Sutton's taken seven shots in the last three games. That's a bad that stat. That can't happen. That's a really bad stat. That can't happen. Like, there's – and the same, same thing with um, Samuel Williamson. I mean, between Sutton and Williamson, the – the forward position has just kind of disappeared. Yeah, it, it really has, and I felt like Chris Mack today confirming why we haven't seen a lot of Sam Williamson was not a great sign. I mean, it's part of being a freshman. This is why I've tried to tell him from the very beginning. He's likely not going to be a one-and-done player because Chris Mack, we talked about it all summer. Historically, he doesn't play freshman a whole lot because he asked them to defend in a very unique level, right? a very unique way at a high level. Mm-hmm. And he confirmed today in his press conference, you know, talking about Eastern Kentucky, who they'll play tomorrow morning, uh, he talked about how Sam Williamson just hasn't been defensively able to stay in front of people, and that's his problem. Mm-hmm. Uh, the the forward position that you thought you had depth at, and I think you will eventually. Like I think if we look right. and forecast to March, I think we're going to be really happy with that situation there. Right. But right now, it's Jordan and some dudes. Like that's just what it is. And see, do you think that that's a style of play thing? Do you think that that's who, who does that fall upon? Is that on Mac? Is that on... Oh, I think Chris Mack would tell you it falls on Jordan. Because yeah. he said very clearly after the game, Jordan took a lot of bad shots. Yeah. And they were very early. Uh, and then, you know, didn't proceed to give his best effort on defense. And, you know, I, I felt like Tuesday night is kind of like the worst nightmare of what you could what could have happened had Jordan come back. Like, you know, we talked about what happens if he comes back and he's just so focused on the NBA that he forgets about his team and he tries to do too much. Well, it'll probably look like four for 16 shooting and one for seven from three and a yep. 70 to 57 loss to a team like Texas Tech. Mm-hmm. They 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 really did a good job of isolating him, which they we talked a lot about that last season. If you get Jordan on somebody who's a physical defender who can kind of provide length and, and can follow him with quickness, because Jordan's got a really quick shot release, really high arching shot. Right. Um, and Avery Benson is by no means an athlete, but he just bullied Jordan. And yep. I was like, damn, that guy looks like Chad from the basketball league at church. Like, he really did. I mean, like that's the thing. Like this is some just, just a, like that guy looked like he showed up. He also looked like he was twenty eight. Like just like you guys need me. Like, it looks like he play. wanted to sell minor cigarettes outside of gas station. Yeah, and he wears like, a long trench coat. Like, oh no, he looks like he'd be, be the guy in the cutoff. He kind of remind like, me of Jay, boys of Jay from Jay and Silent Bob. Like yeah, very yeah. very weird looking. Seemed like he might like do weird things sometimes like <laughs> but like I, it was just embarrassing to watch him yeah. like push jordan around like it was nothing um but then the other thing is like you know the point guards like i you know i i don't know what you expect of jordan when his point guard's not giving him anything i mean nobody is nobody is setting up the point guard the point guard is not setting up this offense and running it at a high level and the assist numbers show that zero assist from darius perry two from ryan mcmahon and two for freshman that's four Assist from your point guards. Yeah, I mean, and they don't have shooting guards. Every guard on this team is a point guard. So, so tell me what what do you think as far as give me your take on number one Darius Perry? Sure. 
and number two, David Johnson. Okay, so I mean, those are the two hot button issues right now. So here, here's the thing with Darius that I'm worried about right now. I'm really worried about mentality because last season um, he talked about Chris Mack talked a lot about how Darius didn't respond well to coaching. We saw that when Darius didn't play. This is starting to look like the Darius that didn't play, mm-hmm. and it's happening very like quickly. Um, and, and to see him go two points on 15 minutes, one for four from the field, and six turnovers, like. To me, that's just a that's just like a dejected Darius Perry. Mm-hmm. Uh, he's checked out in a way. Yep. In that type of performance, I'm not saying long term, but in that performance on Monday on Tuesday night, I think he kind of just checked out. Like Six, sixteen minutes, six turnovers. Yeah, it was horrible. And so uh, my th- my take on Darius is, and, and and let me back up. The the last part of that was today. Uh, Chris Mack was asked about Darius and how he thinks he would respond, and he essentially said, "I don't know. We'll see." Yeah. That to me, that's not a great sign. That's your junior point guard. That's a guy who went through a lot of issues last season and ups and downs. And you thought he kind of figured it out all off season. He looks like the guy. He had the gold practice jersey for last week. And I, I was about to say, so like we know like, he, the, like the, we know effort is there, intensity and practice is there. But there's something going on in the game. Like there's just something just, there. To me, what it looks like, and maybe I'm wrong about this. His worst games this year have been what? Miami. Ooh, that's a good question. Uh, Miami, was, Miami was, was okay. The the statistics on Miami looked bad uh, in terms of the numbers, but the, he, I thought he played. He fine. played well on the floor. You felt like he kind of flowed in the offense. He was making good passes, making okay. good plays. So Akron, Michigan, and clearly Texas. Tech. Michigan and Texas Tech are the right. two I think you point to, and so, you're like, oh. So the the high level teams, the teams where they can match his athleticism. And they can kind of bring something to the table where he's like, okay, this person might be just as good as I am. That's when he kind of mails it in a little bit. That's when he starts to force things. That's when he tries to prove his worth more than than others on the team. Yeah, I think that the statistics would probably back that up. Right, and going man. back to his freshman year, I think his freshman year, I think I remember they played George Mason like the second game of the year, and he had like 10 and 8 as a freshman off the yep. bench. Like, yep. And you're like, oh, my God. This is like the guy. Darius Perry is going to evolve into this point guard. Mm-hmm. And it, yeah, there's probably games last year where you could look and at that. This year, 10 and 12 against Youngtown, Youngstown State, 12 yep. assists. Yep. One I mean, turnover. No, one turnover. Like, what? That's, but, so, and, and, that's, that's the Darius Perry as I know. That is kind of my take on the whole situation is when he goes into a game, like when they're in warm-ups and he's just kind of loose and he's looking across it, like he's going to look across at Eastern Kentucky on Saturday and just – be like, dude, I can take these dudes. Like, yeah, and he's probably gonna have a you know bounce back game. He's like to me, he's like, I'm trying to think of like, I just lost what I was gonna say. Oh, it, it, Lance Stevenson and Edgar Sosa had a child on the basketball <laughs> floor, and it was Darius Perry. Like, he's got the shenanigans and like playful spirit and energy and just like flash to his game that Lance Stevenson has. But just the like horrible decision making, inconsistency, yep. make you want to pull your hair out, like tendencies of Edgar Sosa. And if you throw anything, and I think this is what happened against Texas Tech, if, if I'm being honest, when you throw something that defensively is just kind of complicated, like if you throw deep, defensively com- complex sets at him, he just loses his mind. Yeah. So now to the second part of your question, what do I think about David Johnson? Uh, I think you got to give him more minutes. I think that you got to figure out whether – here's what I do know. Ryan McMahon can't play 36 minutes long term. No, if, if Ryan that, McMahon doesn't score more than 10 points, he should not play 36 minutes. He played 36 minutes on, on Tuesday night because I think they needed a spark offensively. And I can understand that. 
But when you've got six foot five, six foot four guards that are, you know, they've got six foot nine to seven foot wingspans at Texas Tech, like Terrence Shannon and Kyler Edwards did, and David Moretti to an extent, like he he was essentially taking away. Uh, and I felt like the majority of his six threes were not good looks. Some of them were, but the majority of them weren't. He gave you two assists, two rebounds, no one turnover, uh, and defensively he was okay. Um, but I think that at, you know, that needs to go to probably like 23, 22. Yeah. And then the rest of those minutes need to go over to Sam, to, to David Johnson, uh, somewhere in that 10, that 12 to 15 minute range, because I think that uh, long term. And I wrote about this, uh, or I, I read Will Reddington wrote about this this week on BigRedLouis.com. You can check that out at BigRedLouis.com. Uh, he, you know, the thing that he really talked about is David Johnson can do a lot of things that these other point guards can't. And if you think that your ceiling is higher long term with David Johnson, you got to figure that out this now. This is the time you got to figure it out right now. Like uh, I, if I'm Chris Mack, and granted I'm not, but if I am. I'm, you got to be thinking about upside. Like yeah. I think that it seems it's kind of like the the VJ King Wayne Blackshear type thing. Like, mm-hmm. Is he what he is? It, Darius Perry it probably is just what he is. You know, Ryan McMahon is really kind of starting to scratch or not scratch his potential ability. I, reach his ceiling. Reach his ceiling. Reach his ceiling. One hundred percent. Right. Like Ryan McMahon is playing well for Ryan McMahon. Yeah. But Ryan McMahon is, is he's playing as well as he ever can right. on a he's, basketball court on a college level. He's, he is. He's he just, is. He's just. It's challenging for somebody with his athleticism. Like you have to outsmart other players, you which he to, does. You have to, to outwork and yeah. outsmart other players, and he absolutely one hundred percent has. But there's only so but, much that a five ten guard is going to give you with that level of athleticism, that level of length and size. Like you're so, getting the best out of him that you can. So when you look at if you're putting it on a bar graph. Um, or if you're putting it on like a line graph over time, the progression of Ryan McMahon, obviously it gets here. He's just a shooter. That's it. Like never goes to the basket ever. And now he's developed his game over a period of five years, right? If you map out his progression versus the potential of David Johnson, like it's not even on the same map. Right. You, you know, like it's Yeah, like, but Ryan McMahon to a championship team is like a, a Kyle Korver in the NBA. Like sure. he is he can be a difference maker despite what he looks like and how he plays because yeah. of his ability to go from zero to fifteen points in a matter of three minutes. Right. Like but like you said, like if you were looking at this team and you and you're trying to you're sitting in a room with coach and you're like, Coach, I, I want to show you why I think David Johnson is your best option long term and you pull up this graph and you go to show him all these numbers and right. David Johnson's up way higher than Ryan McMahon like mm-hmm. then it's like hmm, yeah no I get that and his length his size um, his, his IQ his acumen how poised he seems I, I get he's not ready to guard people I understand but you know when he's not going to be ready to guard people is when you start trying to get him to guard the Cole Anthony's and the yep. Uh, and the 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 uh, Cassius Stanleys and and uh, Boogie Ellis's of right. the world, like you're you're asking him to guard these top level guards. Ashton and, Hagen's, and like, yeah, Ashton Hagen's like if he's gonna do that, he's got to figure that out in game, coach. Like we can't be playing David Johnson two minutes a game uh, because you're afraid that he might let somebody drive by him. There's right. a better chance of Ryan McMahon probably letting somebody drive by him than David Johnson. Maybe Seems not. Seems like it. Seems like you it. would think. Maybe that's just common sense. But uh, I think that David Johnson has got to get some time. But I think the wild card in all of this is Fresh Kimball. Yep. And I was racking my brain yesterday, and I thought Will did a really good job of laying this out there. But 
you know, the thing that he wrote about Lamar is or Fresh is that he's always been asked to be a scorer. Yep. He's not he's not Kristen Cunningham. He's not gonna come in, he's not gonna give you no. seven, eight assists. He's never been asked to do that. But he's always been counted on as a top scoring option. Yeah. What if you just kind of scrap this need of your Darius Perry or Fresh Kimball to set your offense up and you really kind of focus on maybe what if Jordan does it? What if Ryan does it? It seems what if we go into this positionless basketball and we know that Louisville needs a third scorer. We know that they need somebody that's not Steve and Jordan to score 10, 12 points a game. What if you say fresh, like, look, man, we're going to give you, you know, we're going to let you play these 23 minutes, but we're not going to ask you to to be the point guard. We're not going to ask you to facilitate the offense. We're going to ask you to score the basketball the at the best the level hole. you can. Right. And it's it's interesting that you say that because I felt a lot of times versus Texas Tech that he's just thinking so much. Like there are a couple of plays where he got to the basket and just missed a bunny. Oh my goodness, he tripped over his own feet. Uh, and and somebody pointed this out on Twitter. He falls down every play. Yeah. It's the weirdest thing. But I used to I, play I with people in high school who would just fall down, and and you'd be like, dude, like why are you just falling? You can't just fall get down. On the floor. Yeah, like get up. Like you, you're not. You're already setting yourself up for failure defensively. Right. You just fall down after you shoot every time. I, yeah, I just don't. I don't. I'm not sure what it is, but that's what I suspect. I suspect that he's being asked to do a lot of stuff that he didn't in the past. That's what I'm saying. It looks like and, classic overthinking. Yeah. It looks like just like casually – you talked about Wayne Blacks or VJ King. How many times did they just kind of casually trip over themselves with an open layup in front of them? Right. It seems like all the time. It's it's almost like they feel like they don't deserve to be in that position. Right. And so – or, you know, they, they're like, well, I got to do something else. Like, coach is expecting me to kick the ball out or do something. like. And so with Fresh, it's like, well, what if you kind of take him back to his roots of what he did at St. Joe's? You say, look, man, you're just a natural scorer. Like, go out there and, and, and score. Get buckets, man. And I think that that could be something that you look at because when he's playing, a lot of the times he's on the floor with Ryan or Darius, uh, but he's kind of the – like, it seems like he's just the guy who brings the ball up. Like, yeah. why? Why is Darius not doing that? Maybe it's because of fear of turnovers. Ryan, maybe you want to try to get, you know, points. But I start to wonder, what if you don't – you know, if you're not going to go with David, you're not going to play, you know, fresh at, in a scoring role – do you start to look at maybe Jordan playing some some point forward? Do you yeah. start to look at kind of mixing it up and how you get position of the basketball? But it, it, here's the thing, bottom line. It's one it's one game. Like right. we, we just got to kind of chillax because they just beat Michigan and Pittsburgh in a span of 3 days. Yeah. Like it's Texas Tech is not a bad basketball team. I know the no, record they're is what be, it is, but What do you if you had to guess right now, what do you think Texas Tech would be seeded? Oh, I'd say probably like a like an 8 or a 9 seed. I was gonna say five or six. Yeah, I think they're gonna they're gonna struggle because they're a young team. Um, you know, outside of Chris Clark and and TJ Holyfield, um, the, you know, those guys are are really good players, but they need kind of point guards to get them going. And you know, uh, Ramsey is young, Terrence Shannon is young, uh, Kevin McCuller is young. Like they've got young guys, but they've got a damn good coach, man. And, well, so damn think, good coach. So think about this: in the Ken Palm era, so that's since what is that, two thousand and or. It feels like 2015 is when I'm like, who's Ken Palm? No, no. P-A-L-M is so, how I spelled it. Ken so Palm. He's been keeping track of this stuff for 20-plus years. I feel like him and Kelly Dickey would be best friends. Oh, dude, they would so nerd out. They'd nerd out. Like, let me together. see your spreadsheet. I bet you they, they DM each other all the time. You think so? I think so. We should ask Kelly. Yeah. I, yeah, yeah. Anyways. Since Ken Palm has been keeping track of st just offensive and defensive efficiency st statistics, statistically, last year's Texas Tech team was the best defense that he's ever kept track of. Think about that. I mean, 
and you could and they played, see it. I mean, the Virginia team that they played last year in the national was, championship was just as good, if not better. Like that uh, game was, I mean, yeah. it was unreal what they did defensively. But point being that, think about all the good defenses that have been been out there, including those Virginia teams, right? And they were they were the best in defensive efficiency since right. they started keeping track. They're seventh this year with only one returning starter. Yeah, with a bunch of young guys. Like it makes it, it makes total sense because Chris Beard is a good coach, but I think that when you go into the Big Twelve with some of the more established programs, I think that they're gonna take losses to Kansas. They're gonna take losses to probably Kansas State, yeah. Iowa State. Like there's gonna be teams that they lose to, they end up with nine, ten losses. They're teams, they're nine teams seed. That, that they play that they played a lot historically. I'll tell you what, if they're a nine seed Shoo, I hope I don't have to play him. I don't want to be the one seed to have to play Texas Tech Ooh, in the second that's round. Like the thank Wichita God. State. No, thank you. Like, no thank you. Back. Yeah. Right. Like, no, thank or the Kentucky having to play Wichita State. Yes. Yeah. yeah. Well, you know, I think that when you take the next step forward, the next two weeks, you've got two games and then you have 10 days off before you go into Kentucky. They don't play that game until like the 30th or 29th or something like that. Yep. Uh, what's the one thing you want to see as we finish the show here? What's the one thing you want to see out of the team? as they play two back-to-back teams who are just not very good. I just want to see them look efficient on offense, and when they're not making baskets, I just I don't want to see that fall off on the defensive side of things. Yeah. There were a lot of, you know, what all the progress that we saw them make in the three games prior completely went away when they stopped, when they just got frustrated on offense against Texas Tech. Like, completely. Um, I mean, they, they had a stretch – in the second half where they were really trying to rally on defense, kind mm-hmm. of force some turnovers, and they looked solid. Texas Tech just happened to have a couple of guys that were just really on that night. Right. Um, so it, I'm interested to just see how they react to adversity going forward. The, they've only been really hit with adversity twice, and they kind of fell down both times. Um, yeah. It, when we're talking about against Akron, I mean, Akron, the Akron game was just like, they were just trying to bleed the clock out. Like they just wanted that game to end as quickly as possible. Um, and then against Texas Tech, they come out and get punched in the mouth, and they just don't respond. Yeah, I think that – I've said this for a couple of weeks now, and I think that uh, if I go back to today's press conference again, I, th- I think that there might be somewhere – It's I don't think it's like a huge deal, but like I think there's just a, a disconnect of the intensity level that they need to play with. I want to see – the next two games as we head into Kentucky, I want to see a hungry team that's not playing content basketball. Content mm-hmm. basketball is lackadaisical defense, yep. turnovers, um, just mental, yeah, mental errors, and yep. taking really bad shots. That's yep. playing as if you know you're the number one team in the country. Right. Teams yep. that are the number one team in the country who win championships, Villanova teams, Duke, a lot of Duke teams, uh, you know, Arizona teams, like really good basketball teams who are really good don't lose games because they're not hungry. And this team is not hungry. Like they, there is just a, um, I, I, I can't put my, my finger on it and I don't put, I don't, I'm not, it's not fair to put kind of these unfair, uh, or these, uh, these, these labels on the team because I don't know them, but there's just a a level of, uh, I, I want to say softness, but that's not the right word. There's just a level of mental fortitude that I just don't think is there. I think that they went in and just destroyed number four, Michigan. Um, they knew how good Pitt was going to be since, right. because they beat them last year. Right? right. They go into a game against Texas Tech, who just came off three straight losses, who they know just lost four four of the returning starters and right. their number one scorer, and they didn't have that number next to their name, and they just didn't take them seriously. Right. And Texas Tech was hungry, man, and they they took that game 
as seriously as they took the national championship game last year. Yeah, and that's what I think that's what uh, Chris Mack wants the most out of this team is play like that every game. Right. Because the thing that's really interesting to me is, again, going back to the press conference today, Chris Mack talked about, uh, or Malik Williams talked about how they were just kind of content or they were satisfied with being number one and they didn't take it, the game as seriously as they should have. Right. And Chris Mack's like, I didn't think that, but if that's the case, we, you know, we got some problems. Uh, I mean, that, again, it goes back to there's a mental disconnect. There's not a basketball disconnect, but there's a mental disconnect somewhere in between Chris Mack and his team, and the message is not being received the way that it should. I think right. that's fixable. I just want to see it, and I want to see it for more than one game, more than two games. I want to see it for a stretch of games. Uh, but these two games, they, they go up until a 10-day period where you can have off, and you can really kind of dive in with your team for 10 days, yep. no school, and really just kind of figure out the, the 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 like that's the kind of break that can make a championship team right there to yep. kind of recollect figure things out uh, but I want to see them go into that really strong yep with a Agreed. with an attitude that doesn't say well we've had ten days off we beat two teams really bad we're gonna come out we're gonna beat Kentucky because they're not as good as they normally are like I want to see a team that beats two teams I don't want to see them score fifty points either team no and I, mean, I want to see Louisville score in the eighties and the nineties because that's, that's what they are. That's realistic. That's what teams do when yeah. they're championship level good. So, yep. all right, well, we'll see what happens, man. It's going to be a fun weekend. A lot of uh, a lot of good sports going on. Uh, good luck to all the fantasy team owners out there. I know right. that I'm trying to win some money this weekend. Um, my fantasy we'll team see. name is Lamar and some dudes. My so team is about says everything. I've I've, I've got Nick Chubb on a lot of teams, and I've always been a fan of the Chubb Nick. So Chubb Rub is my my Ooh. team that's going up for some money this weekend. So shout out to all the people who have Chubb Rub. If you know what that is, then you gonna have to put the X-rated. No, Chubb Rose when you got chubby legs and your legs rubbed together, man. Oh, what you know about that chubby life? Apparently, not enough. Not enough. All right, y'all have a good night. We'll talk to you next week. Peace.